0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Five AM Master Scrum Show. This is um, where we're doing some interviews of people that work in the industry, work with the uh, Agile folks and teams, and people that just want to share some things that maybe be a value value to our, the listeners and viewers of our show. And this is Amit Kumar, who is a manager of teams, development teams. He's done
1: a couple things. And Amit, share a little bit about yourself. So, first of all, um, a very warm hello to all of your listeners. Um, Like you said, I work as a manager of application development, um, managing a few teams, been working in Agile for a while, Um, love the concept of Agile, and I try to use Agile by the the core definition of the term Agile. So, not just with, with what the Agile framework or the Agile methodology is, how people tend to use it, I try to go by the little meaning of agile. And if if there is a way where I can fit this in with the team and the people that I'm working with, yeah, uh, if I have to bend a few rules here and there, um, then I'll I'll go with it because if if, if that works for the team, if that works for the people, uh, I I don't mind bending those rules.
0: Yeah, sometimes I notice though they don't want to bend at all, and then you gotta bend them. <laughs> You're like, yeah. okay, well, we gotta try something. They're so scared to. uh, to make change. And just so everyone knows, Amit and I have been, I say, crossing paths through our careers. There's a lot of people that you will meet in your lifetime that you're going to cross paths with, come back forth and stuff like that. So you always want to make good contacts with good people. And I would say Amit is a very good contact and good person to know. Um, So what do you like? So let's talk about your experience as manager of development teams. What... Can you get into some bad days or good days? What What's what's a good day when you're a manager of, of development teams in there? What, what does that look like? A good day? A good day. What's a good day look like for you?
1: A good day for me would be um, where I don't get any call from my team saying we are uh, stuck in an issue or we need someone to help with. Where the team has already taken care of the obstacles, mm-hmm. they 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 collaborated, they worked together, um, or they were able to identify a potential obstacle that could happen in that sprint. So I, I like to work sprint by sprint, right, with with my team. So
2: yeah.
1: I'll always be talking in in, in those looking at the, those the smaller milestones. So if if they identify something that could become a potential um, roadblock or uh, could be a potential pitfall for us yeah. and they took care of it and i didn't have to worry about that basically if, if i if i don't get any call from my team i know everything's going good and all i um all, all i get to do is at the end of the day just look at the board things are moving on that for me is a is, a, is an ideal day
0: yeah and I'll add, i think what, what you said i like it when i see them handling issues on their own without coming to me how do you greg how do you want to solve this problem i'm like (laughs) you're all professionals (laughs) you're all grown-ups on that you you can figure it out and then they they figured out themselves and i'm like
1: they're getting it how to how to work with each other solve the problem yeah and and the reason i said that as an an ideal day is a where i'm working less Mm -hmm. b if i'm the smartest guy in the in the meeting and, and helping them drive then i have done a bad job with setting up the right team yeah see i have i have, my team feels confident enough that they can make decisions yep. they can open up they can identify a problem they can talk about a problem and they also feel empowered enough to go and solve the problem
2: yeah definitely. where
1: if 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 something went wrong not, they are not they they don't have that fear that somebody's going to come and ask them why did you do that
0: why did you make that call why did you yeah. do that yeah, yeah.
1: No, so, so, that, so that, that's why that's why that that thing for me is is an idea
0: okay cool yeah i've been there been there done that had some phds and i'm like i am not the smartest person in the room <laughs> and if you want me to tell you what to do then why am i hiring a phd in the first place you know kind of things like that so with that set of good days what about those bad days what do you want to what would you like your teams to understand about your position because you're kind of in the middle right mm-hmm. you're're you're, you're you're managing the teams you're also not the senior executive VP you're in the mid- middle there what do you want them to understand about your role when it comes between the team and the high level executives maybe stakeholders
1: stuff like that so I view my role um people who are in that mid-level management right? Mm-hmm. managers, senior managers, maybe directors somewhere we are not at the at the big table we are not mm-hmm. playing at, at the high stake tables right we are not the Vps right. we are not the C-suite where we are involved in those critical decisions that are going to be money driven or strategy driven or whatever the direction that we want to move to right we are not playing at that table we are not playing at the table below where we are the ones doing the work. Like I need to go write a code to make sure the things are working to make a functionality, right? Mm -hmm. We are in in that middle layer where we are managing up, we are managing down. We are acting as a filter for noise coming from up so people below can keep working. Mm -hmm. At the same time, make sure that the and any issues that people at at the at the ground level have, their concerns are, are spun up in a way where. They are not neglected, and they are heard and their value, right? So with that role, it it becomes a, a good a good um, balancing act. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how to phrase it in in a way where it, it, it's, it's in my head. Um, Let's let's come back to that in, in a okay. few minutes where I have the, the right phrase to uh, right way to phrase it for you. Yeah.
0: OK, so um, I was just thinking about this. I didn't give this as a question before, but I know that you kind of sometimes act as a scrum master slash product owner and you've done it in multiple companies that you work for. Yeah. How how was that working for you and not working? What would you kind of wish you could do or how does that fitting? Um, since I do do an agile show, I got to ask a scrum type question.
1: (laughs) No, it's a good question because in most of the teams I have worked in or where my friends are working in, Mm -hmm. you don't have the, the luxury of people doing one specific role. Okay. Right. You're, you're always trying to, um, to either have an overlap of positions where one, Person is putting on multiple hats to do it, so that's 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 everywhere. So you you have to walk around. That's why I said I like to bend the rules wherever I can right. to be flexible for the team and and work there.
0: But is that ideal?
1: Is it ideal? No. Yeah. But there is always a difference between an ideal world and a real world. Okay. So in reality, in in a real world, you have to do it. There's no getting on the fact that where there there, um, there are times where I have to. Help the QA team, or I have to help um, the dev team go take care of wherever I I can help them. Maybe some analysis, maybe a short query somewhere, or maybe a short piece of code which I can go maybe design something for them. So you you, you have to. I see myself as someone you place it to 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 fill a hole for mm-hmm. a temporary basis or so, sort of an, an an ER nurse right. Right. I go put a bandaid put a bandage somewhere so the bleeding is stopped. By the time my my surgeons and and specialists can come in and then take care of the things. Or maybe I can do an initial analysis for them. And this is me giving an example of what I do in in a team. Same way I have people in my team who are playing multiple roles at different times to fill the role or to do the work that's needed for the team to keep moving forward. Because at the end of the day, there is a work that has to be delivered. Mm -hmm. There's a team that needs to be led. And there's a team that's that's working hard to deliver the work. So how you get the best of all the Pieces together and make that complete picture. It's it's there. There's no set um, rule for that. So you always have to see what's going on and then play around. Okay,
0: cool. Um, I noticed you a couple years back, or you decided to switch companies. What were you looking for that you could not find in your old position that made you look around or? and cur- made you curious let's just say what were you missing
1: um I like to be challenged mm-hmm. and I like to be working um in a place or on a project where something's going to wake me up at two in the morning and say I miss doing that Or when I'm taking a shower and the cold water falls on my head, something, some window opens up and say, this is what I'm missing. This is what I need to go and try.
0: I'll say, I don't miss the 2 a.m. thing. (laughs) I'm good. You don't have to call me at 2 (laughs) a.m.
1: And and sometimes when you are there at a place for a long time and you keep doing the same thing and it becomes more of, uh, you you, you get into a comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And I felt I was in a comfort zone. Um, I was looking for more challenges, something new to be mm-hmm. to to keep myself motivated, and keep keep working, keep growing. I want to grow. I'm, I'm an ambitious person. I want to grow. Yeah. You know, keep growing, keep doing something new, something some, something more challenging. But that's not always what's going to be fit for the other side as well, right? There, there's me as an employee who's working there, and there is an employer who has me working there. So it it has to work for both it can't just be everything going my way or everything going the other side yeah. so but you need to have that, that that healthy balance um i just felt that over there that the balance was was not come where we both could not come in the middle somewhere so yeah
0: yeah i just um i didn't know if you're gonna say like money years ago when i was really young my father was a vp engineer civil engineer mm-hmm. and he was telling me how he had one engineer come to him and mm-hmm. say i would like to learn x earn x amount of dollars which was way more than they were pricing them out mm-hmm. on the jobs and my father was honest with him and says your position is priced out at this rate yeah i says you want this rate this says i can't do that but if you find a place you want to go to mm-hmm. he's like i'm more than happy to write you a recommendation. if you can find a place that'll pay what you want go for it so sometimes that that dwells in there too. They think they want to get to the next level, but there really isn't no openings at the next level. And sometimes, so I was curious if that was one of the. No, things. I mean, again,
1: I'm I'm no saint either, right? We yeah. all want money. We want we want money's never enough, right. right? There there was a stage in life when I was young, coming up, mm-hmm. um, trying to gain experience, and oh, my friend got moved around. He got a new job. Yeah. He got a high raise. All right, let me do the same thing. So, so there was a time and did that. Now yeah. working 19, 20 years, you, you you tend to get away from that and you you see more right. at where you want to get into a, a good right. place where you're working, you have good work that, that mm-hmm. keeps you challenging, keeps you motivated, and you want to go back to work the next
0: time. Yeah, you want that that challenge, that interest that which you can span your thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um on Similar to that, what strategies would you recommend or give a couple little cuz we do a practical and tactical. Mm-hmm. And I was always like, you got any practical or tactical advice for managing an agile team or mm-hmm. semi-agile team. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're not completely agile but or a completely scrum team. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any practical advice as far as that
1: goes for managing those types of teams? Um I can share my experience. Is it an advice? I don't know. Um, so, so my last two projects or, or the last two places that I worked mm-hmm. on my last two teams, we were sort of getting into agile.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And prior to that, I had worked for almost five, six years where I was in in hardcore, fully agile team where I had business stakeholders sitting with me during the refining session, yeah. business stakeholders sitting with me during sprint planning. Mm-hmm. Um I worked at a place where we had um, a sprint planning on Wednesday. So in the morning we were doing a sprint planning.
2: Mm-hmm. In
1: the afternoon, the whole team was taken out for lunch by the by the product owner.
2: Okay.
1: And in the evening, we are sitting together doing refining, and the product owner is there doing the refining. Right. Yeah. Split the day in, into two parts. By three thirty four, we're all done with with our uh, ceremonies for for that sprint. Mm-hmm. We instead of having a weekly we, we did that on on, on, a, on a Wednesday we, we used to have three week sprints okay
2: 334
1: everybody's done. All right. let's play ping pong. you want to do something else in the in the entertainment area. Mm-hmm. relax all right, get ready for the sprint and you go home right. So coming from there where I get into um, the new place and the first thing I get asked by the HR is, oh, I see agile on your um, on your resume. Yeah. And um we have been um our CIO is is moving towards uh, agile and he said we want to go in agile with small a. Small A. Small A. I started
0: so, figured uh, out what small a and big A is.
2: Uh, and that, it, was it, I, yeah, that was yeah. the first
1: time I yeah, that's the first time I'd heard Agile with small yeah. a to me. Either you're agile yeah. or you're fragile. You yeah. you, you, you can't be both. So yeah. so th- those are experiences when, when you start there and
2: mm-hmm.
1: how you share your experience, what you have learned and how you keep learning on the um on the project
2: mm-hmm. you're
1: working with team that's why i said that that agile i took the term literally because i could have come back and said i've worked in agile this is how we do it this is a framework this is the methodology we're going to do this but it it would be too much too soon and sort of enforcing yourself on the team not letting them take in and absorb what agile provides you how the benefit is and how it, it, it won't motivate them to take it, and it will be more of you enforcing them on the team. Right. So, started in a in a in a more lighter approach where let's let's take the fr- let's let's keep the structure in mm-hmm. place where right we are going to do the sprint planning. We we work yeah. in those three big sprints. Try to try to break the work down. So always go with with that breaking the work down approach first, mm-hmm. because that always helps. Yeah. You if you want to control the scope, you want to deliver the work, you yeah. want to keep it in, th- keep the price in check. I feel all of those are best accomplished by breaking the work into smaller pieces. Yep. You know, you have more oh, control great. in the work, you know what you have to do, you know, when you have to stop yep. or when you have to pivot back. So it, it, it all becomes e- smaller things are easier to manage
2: yeah.
1: than a big one. So start with that, start with that structure. If, if you can, if you can get that in place, you start, you motivate or, or, Get the team in the habit of thinking how I can break this work into a smaller module that I can easily work on and deliver. Then you can play around and build your whole agile thing. Then you can start making your backlog, do your refining, bring your stakeholders in, do your sprint reviews. You can do all of those good things. But if you can start with that one small thing of how you can break this work Mm -hmm. and let's take a smaller piece of work, smaller chunk, work on it, Maybe I would have a developer not write code for eight hours a day. He or she would be working four hours and he or she would be collaborating with somebody else for those four hours, helping them complete their work. Right. To me, that's the productive day. And then you deliver deliver.
0: How does that go over with um, managers and old school wise where you tell them, I'm not having them code all day long. They're going to code. They're going to partner. They're going to share and they're going to do more of the T-shaped learning yeah you know cross ball, how's that go good it's, bad Does
1: it's it's a, let's let's just say it's it's a challenge
0: it's a challenge
1: it's, it's 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 a challenge and you you hope that by the end of certain point in time that they see the value that they're getting mm-hmm that you went with the prior approach, oh, I want everybody typing yeah. for eight hours a day. If you're not typing the, the code, if you're not been uh, hitting the keyboard for eight hours, you're not productive. Mm-hmm. Too. Yeah, I was working for four or five hours, I was writing the code, but I spent the, the rest three hours collaborating with A, B, and C, and I helped A finish his work, I helped B finish her use case, and I finished helped C write their test cases. So in a productive day, we actually got more done than me just working Um, in a silo, in front of my laptop, in a dark room, and writing my code.
0: And everyone has a higher quality level of work, too, because you're getting different viewpoints on how they do it and pieces that make it a little better. So that's awesome. Um, So what are keys to motivating your team? What's your favorite way of doing this lately? Like, if you had to motivate Mm -hmm. your team, you know, what's a good way? What is something you might do? Food always helps. Food, yes. Food,
1: food always helps. You you take them out for lunch, or you get some some snacks for them. F- food, food always helps.
2: Okay.
1: Um, other thing that that helps is um a, a, a transparent communication. What I have seen is
2: yeah,
1: um, where I started with teams which were not agile, and especially post COVID when people are working from home. Yeah. And you don't interact that much with, with people, so mm-hmm. you are no longer working with a work friend or making work friends, right? Or, or collaborating with people. You are working with a monitor,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? There, there's a face. If you're lucky, if not, you're you're talking to a blank screen, yeah. right? Yeah, somebody is behind the screen. I don't know who you are. Yeah, I've not seen your face for years. Mm-hmm. Um, if you happen to switch job like I did, then you might not even see their face for I don't know how long. So you just have a voice and, and a black screen to, to talk to. So when when those things happen, and if you if you be transparent with those people and explain to them your point of view,
2: mm-hmm. I
1: think that that also helps the team. Where they might not agree with you hundred percent, right? But at least on a few occasions they'll start seeing what the other side is. Okay. And and that then helps them see. All right, I've been working in my way if I do more collaboration or if I work in, in a, in a, in a different way,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it might be more, more helpful. And when we see that those small things coming in and gaining, um, in a, a delivery a work delivery, a task delivery right. that motivates them because n- nothing works best than seeing that you work on something and it's actually working and delivered.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. No, I'm a big done thing. They people, I'm working on something. Like- don't you feel much better when it gets off your plate and it's yeah. done and it's you're moving because I feel so much more refreshed and I I think a lot of teams I've coached in the past are like that too. Um once they get stuff done and they get to try something new they're more excited, more energized, more, you know, energetic on the next thing. Oh, I get another one. Give me another one. Let me get it done. Um So, how have you helped a team in the past that you're really proud of? Give an example of something that you did from a team perspective, managing the team, not from what you did personally from a coding perspective, but um, interacted, managed the team, take the, the role like you're in, um, that really made you proud of what you did. Like if you would put that on your resume, ta-da, you know, or you show that off in an interview kind
1: of thing. I don't put on my resume, but when somebody asks a question, I do try to um, use that as, as, as an example. Mm-hmm. Um in my my last team, I had I had two senior resources, dev resources, mm-hmm. and I had one senior QA resource. Yeah. So they were my holy trinity. Mm-hmm. My team was built around those three. And then I had other people in the team. I had an onshore, offshore model. I had both the dev resources, QA resources offshore. Yep. And then I had these three people here. So I believe they were with me. Worked with me for almost four four or five years i've yeah. been with me for almost six years yeah so they they were um three were the oldest team members and and around them is where i built my team on yeah what their strengths are who can come and complement their weaknesses mm-hmm. so i could so i can work around them and, and keep building the team around them because the way i always see a team is mm-hmm. And this is when even I was working as as a developer. I was coming up, gaining experience. That in in a typical six seven people team, you have one or two people who basically drive the team. Yeah, they, they, they are the brains of the team. Then you would have one or two people who are going to be good at taking the direction and then keep 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 working on them, right? Yeah. And you always have one or two in the team who are not the the the, the strongest resources. They would bring something else to the team. They might be good at motivating the team. Mm -hmm. They might be the glue that keeps the team together just to keep a light and they they might not be the the sharpest quarter in the team. Right. But they'll bring their own values to the team. So that's how I view a a six or seven people team as. Okay. By the time I left, um, at least for the last seven, eight months,
2: yeah.
1: I didn't have to worry about any um any requirement sessions meetings going on Mm -hmm. and design meetings going on. I didn't have to worry about um, what the test cases are that needs to be discussed with the stakeholders, right. what the results are, what the QA timelines are. Uh-huh. These three were taking care of things. And I was basically sitting in a meeting and thinking, yeah, good. yep, yeah, it's done. So you really had
0: a self-organizing team. Was-
1: it was a self-organizing team. Yeah. By the end, those three were running the show for me. I didn't worry about anything. I could focus on doing things that I wanted to do, yeah. which I couldn't do in my in my role because I had those specific responsibilities. Now because they are taking care of that, now I can bro- um, broaden my horizon yeah. and start looking at something else. So and,
0: so and you didn't have anybody on the team complaining about those three, no, right? No. So they had a good working relationship. So mm-hmm. it wasn't that the three people took over and dictated what everyone should Correct. do, right? It's Correct. not it's not a no. dictation type thing, yeah. Correct.
2: Correct,
0: Cool, awesome. Yeah, I had one. Um, one of my, I got, I can always tell stories. But as you know, um, I had, my favorite ones are usually QA people. Mm-hmm. When I develop an agile team to work really well, where the QA and the dev are working really tight, mm-hmm. everyone has always come back to me years later after, where they went back to the old way they were working. They all tell me, "Greg, I miss those days where QA. Everybody wants to split them apart. This is QA over here." This is dev over here. I, I right? don't
1: get that. To, to me, QA resources and the dev resources. To me, it's, it's a dev team. That dev team consists of people who are writing code to, to do programming or whatever you are doing that. Nice. And there are resources who are testing the code, right? To me, that's a dev team.
2: Yeah.
1: And these dev resources and QA resources are like husband and wife. Yeah. They can't live without each other. They can't live with each other. Yeah. So you, you need them working in, in harmony, in in, in sync.
0: I like that description.
1: That's yeah. actually pretty good. I never heard
0: of that one before, but that's a new one. You know what? I think it does. You need each other to to really grow as a family, to grow as a team. And if you try to split them
1: apart, mm-hmm. it will just actually implode. You yeah. know, you you, so, you will never get a QA resource who is not complaining that the devs are not giving them the right information. Yeah, and or they don't have they, they don't have enough details from the from the dev team. Yeah, and you will never find a developer who doesn't come back and say. The QA resource doesn't not know what he or she is yeah. testing. I have to help them. So that's why I said they, they are like like a couple. They are working together. They have to work together. And they can't live without each other.
0: And I find the more you get them to work together, the better in the long term. Yeah. They yeah. start knowing each other. Just like a, you know, it's funny. You, this is a great analogy. The husband, wife, whatever, the spouse, you know, the significant other. You can almost answer each other's questions. Yeah. You know exactly what they're thinking. I mean, they're totally, you could totally disagree with it, but you kind of know where they're heading. And if you're testing something, you kind of understand how they put it together. And when you get responses back from the QA, you kind of know why they're asking that question. Yeah. I forgot about that. Right. You know, so cool. That's actually really, I don't think that's ever been said before. I love it. That's a great one. Um, so speaking of continuous learning, and you kind of mentioned about you like the challenges. Mm-hmm. So now you're an adjunct professor at Villanova. So we got a fancy title now. He's a professor, mm-hmm. everyone. You know?
1: Not um, not 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 the money highest one.
0: No, no, not no, yet. Not, they not, they, not they not probably pay you nothing to just make uh, you, you just go for name alone. You're looking for a status. Um, so how did this come about and, and how
1: what brought you into that role? So I was doing my MBA. Um mm-hmm. And I initially wanted to do my MBA in, uh, in healthcare as, as the specialization, mm-hmm. but then shifted focus, got more interested in cybersecurity as I had a good team that could take care of the work mm-hmm. so I could work on, on different side of, of work. So it got involved with, uh, with, uh, with cybersecurity, mm-hmm. got interested in that. So I thought, let me go ahead and, and do some more learning on that side. So okay. that's that's how I got into um, that's how I did my cyber security specialization for for my MBA um the professor who was teaching me um secure software development and um, he had one, one more class with me so this is what my bread and butter is software development
2: right
1: and uh, security added to added to the mix so I, okay. that that class was very nice for me but where I, I could I, I could provide a lot of input a lot of of practical real life examples of, of mm-hmm. how things work okay so at the end i asked the professor at the end of the class that if you ever need me with any of your new classes or with your undergrad students where they need certain help or they need guidance feel free to reach out to me i'm I i love my time at at the university i I did my mba from bilanova university right i I love my time here and i'd be more than happy to give back something to the university i I would Mm -hmm. love to do that the professor then um took it a step further went ahead and talked to the dean and um Okay. So why don't you come in and start teaching? I'm like, I've never done this before.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, no, you, you will be good. So that that's how that the whole conversation started, and then um, here I am.
0: So you got that challenge, so now you're really You kind of getting a challenge, different thing. Yeah. You're at that where you're sharing. So now you know why I do the show. Yeah. Um, but but basically, that's pretty cool. That's a great way. And but you offered that, right? So mm-hmm. you're continuously learning. So now you're continuously learning how to be a professor how to yeah. teach, how to yeah. deal with adult learning and all that kind of stuff too. Now, are you teaching adults mostly or is it also um, regular school, college level? So middle? right now I'm
1: teaching the undergrad students.
0: Oh, undergrad. Oh, even yeah. better. Okay. Okay, cool, cool. Um, I hope you're, en- you're enjoying it.
1: Yeah, I've had one semester in my belt. This is the second one. Okay. And um, yeah, so far loving it. Okay. I, I I just hope the kids are loving that too. It's just not me. Yeah, it's
0: it's it's fun that way. Yeah. Um, so now it says on your LinkedIn profile, right? Mm-hmm. You're the you're an MBA cybersecurity specialist, okay? And in there, so one and and maybe we in the future we can do a show where we talk about how does cybersecurity security work with an agile team? Because I'll be honest with you. When I see these big companies, they separate cybersecurity away from the Scrum teams. And I have a whole philosophy on that. But -hmm. I would love to hear from you as someone who worked with the dev teams now is teaching cybersecurity. I mean, so you're now getting into that game. How could or you see we can do be a better job of integrating the agile teams, development teams with cybersecurity? Any any thoughts,
1: tips? Um I think cybersecurity topic is, is such a wide topic. It'd be very hard to cover here in in this one. Maybe we could, like you said, we could have a a, a secondary conversation. Um, I would answer, even, you, We might
0: even do a meetup because yeah. that might be a good meetup where you'll get all these people from different angles that ask you questions. Because
1: I know they've all been hit with the security. <laughs> yeah, I I, I I know what you're saying. Um, I I look at your question, and I rather I would answer your question in. In two parts. Okay. That's how I see this. Mm-hmm. So your first part was about teaching at, at the university, right? Cybersecurity, with mm-hmm. people who are going to the future, right? They're mm-hmm. they're coming in. So I I always make a statement in my in my class that they just can't rely on the books.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because so let's say whatever the trend today is, let's take AI,
2: mm-hmm. right?
1: Someone writing a book on AI today, mm-hmm. on 26th January, right now. Or whatever the, the date is. I don't even know it is. So their, their knowledge right now is based on what they know today.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: They'll take four to five months to write a book. It goes through the whole publishing process. Somebody's going to proofread it. And so by the time it comes out in the market in somebody's hand, it's going to be seven to eight months.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In that seven to eight months, that's the book then someone's going to start reading in, in school or in college.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You're already seven months behind. The technology has moved on. So what I tell um, my students in the class is try to be as current with with what's going on as you can. All right. Go read the blogs. Go read where, what size is the wind blowing? And then I also try to help them not just from someone who's going to come and maintain an application
2: mm-hmm. on the
1: cybersecurity side, also as a consumer of that, how you can keep your yourself safe.
2: Okay.
1: So that's from from the from the teaching side. Okay. When when I answer a question as as a manager of app development, where I have to now secure my applications.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I know why you said that you you have a, a a set preset thing in concept in mind on how teams and, and companies focus on this and why it's not part of the sprint. Right. If if you if you if you look at it, most of the companies, right, most of the organizations, they didn't they didn't have that focus on cybersecurity until three, four, five years back.
2: Yeah, it's
1: true that was not not they were not that focused right and every company every big company small company is now relying on an, an on a digital platform or an right. it based solution to carry out their business
2: right
1: those applications are not just written in the last four or five years those applications have been in business for a long time right. that's why every company has a big um a tech, a tech backlog or a it proactive mean whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. different different come in different terms but at the end of the day you have a bunch of legacy applications that right. you're carrying with you because they're crucial to your business and you have to update them now something that you're building right now it's easier to get into it and say all right we are going to add some security tools in in our in our devops pipeline mm-hmm. or we are going to bring in some automated um uh, products that's going to help us write secure code. We can yeah. do a lot more testing, a lot more static testing, dynamic testing. You can fit that in, in a in a sprint for the work that you're doing brand new. It's, right. it's, it's easier to do that way. You're working on it. You can test it. If your code doesn't pass, the DevOps pipeline will fail, and you go back and fix the security vulnerabilities, and you release the code. All good. Very nice. But those legacy applications which are sitting there for years, those are already built in. Yeah. Any change that happens there, you have to do a thorough analysis of what the changes, what's which which areas am I going to change, and what's the impact? What is my dev impact? What is my QA impact? And do do I is is that legacy framework still mm-hmm. supported where I can go and make those changes? Or is that framework that old that it's no longer even supported by the vendor who created the framework? Right. So, how many security um, vulnerabilities or gaps can I go and fill in? So, it, it becomes a bigger conversation on dealing with those legacy applications. And every company has those. Every company is, is driving that, that big, heavy pile of legacy applications or legacy framework or whatever you call them, things that are pre-built that you want to do security in. Mm-hmm. So, building something new from scratch, you start the first floor, you can incorporate you can yeah. the right thing. But when you already have a building built in, going and making it secure, it, it's always going to be tough. So yeah. that's why that is the biggest challenge every company has.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I'll just throw in my little, and I, I love the way you describe that because it's so true. One of the things that I think, kind of like we talk about QA and dev, mm-hmm. and then there's security and there's DevOps and so on. And I go, well, there should be more conversation. Mm-hmm. I would love to have more where, okay, security people, help teach the dev teams to better understand what you need to do your job mm-hmm. so it doesn't go off there for, for a month for you yeah. to test it. Yeah. Help them prep it so that your time using it or testing it or validating whatever is smaller. You know, just don't get, you know, anytime someone would drop something on me that I had no idea what it's of course it's going to take longer. Yeah. You know, build that little bit of relation. I can go on more, and we'll, we'll, will definitely have a security discussion from an agile perspective, um, because I think it's needed mm-hmm. in the world. To be honest with you, I think it's still a, a security and an agile and a DevOps. I think there or QA even. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean think- the
1: other piece there is when when you look at those those older applications, mm-hmm. if you if you do a thorough analysis of them, and I've done for for a few projects and few applications. You look at good amount of work to right. go make them change to make those changes and then oh, QA yeah. them, release them. And if, if someone's working on in a two week sprint or a three week sprint,
2: mm-hmm.
1: that the changing that one piece itself yeah. is a good amount of work.
2: Yeah. And
1: it, sometimes it becomes practically impossible to break it down to such a small piece that you can do in three weeks, dev, test, and deliver. Because those legacy applications or the older ones, they have their claws everywhere. Yeah. Some might be a monolithic application. Some might be an older application, which is maybe an, an API that's been consumed by a lot of places. So yeah, I can make this change in the sprint. I can go ahead and make this. But how do we finish the testing of all of those pieces? Yeah. So That becomes a challenge. Or it, it becomes challenging where we have a team of these many X developers and QA resources. Yeah. We have new business coming in. We have new business requirements, right? We want this new shiny enhancement coming in. Yep. We want to get this done and get it in the market. All right. So in a three week sprint, you have X number of resources. Do You want them focusing on this or focusing on that. Right. 99.9% of the time, let's go work on this new enhancement, this new functionality, because it's going to bring in more revenue. Let's yep. do this first. We'll come back to this, to the security piece. Yeah. And that's where then the security guys start beating the drums. When will this be done then?
2: Yeah. You are
1: writing more code. You're going to write more code. You're going to keep on increasing the backlog there. When are you going to work on it? Yeah. So it becomes a very, very good conversation and very yeah. uncomfortable yeah. situation to, to handle both. So that's what I say. Yeah. It, 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 it's, it's a longer conversation.
0: It gets into your definition done, right? What's yes. your definition done? How much security do you put in there? Yeah. And I, if you do pointing or sizing stuff, I used to, at one company, was like, oh, they're like, oh, we're getting really good at it. But yeah, but well, you know what? Don't be playing with the points yet because we got to throw in documentation. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't, when they weren't doing documentation, like, oh, so you're going to do, you might up the points on the complexity of what you have to do, but you're not doing as many stories in that process. You're doing the same number of points yep. because it's now more complex than what you were basing everything on. But now you're just doing less number of stories, but they're more quality-based, so. Great. Well, Mitt, it's been great having you on here. I think, I think you're gonna open people's eyes to that different two, a couple of different areas. Everything from being that uh, manager slash scrum master slash product owner between the man, the higher level executives and the board and and the teams and and also from your security, your cybersecurity. I think you open up a lot of different avenues and definitely I want to invite you to do another show and even one of our meetups to talk about cybersecurity and, and IT teams and stuff. Maybe we even ask you about manager. I don't know. We can have you for two different topics. I think it'll be good. Um, so I hope you'll show up
1: for that. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it was, it was good fun. And I think next time when we talk, um, we'll definitely get back to the question, which I skipped at the beginning. I forgot what the question was, but I said I'll, I'll come back to it later where I was missing the, the right way to phrase my, my answer, but we'll, we'll come, we'll, we'll we'll do that.
0: Yeah. I think there's enough meat on here. We only do a little bit, don't take everyone's time. So I think it was perfect. And with that, I want to say, thank you very much. Um, We're going to do more stuff with the 5am master scrum show, more interviews, more meetups, sign up for the meetup and everything. And you'll get news on that. Thank you, Amit. And you have a great day.
1: You
2: as well, man.
0: All right.